Well, good morning, kids. This is our fourth class for our theology class. Can you believe that? Okay. This is our fourth class, and I don't know if you guys remember because you know we have classes usually every couple of weeks. But in our first class, we learned that God revealed Himself to everyone, and He revealed Himself to everyone in two ways, and they begin with the letter C. Do you remember what was the first way, Matthew? Creation. God reveals Himself through creation, and the second way. Do you remember, Silas? Conscience. That's right. He reveals Himself to us in our conscience. But not only did He reveal Himself in creation and through conscience, but He also spoke. Right? He speaks words to us to let us know even more about Him. But does He speak to us in a voice at night? How does he speak to us today? Do you guys remember? Through his word, right? The Bible. So God speaks to us through the Bible. The second class, the second class, we learned about the aseity of God and the eminence of God. And just by way of review, the aseity of God, we mean that God doesn't need anything, right?、Mm-hmm. Nothing adds to him. Nothing gives him more. He has everything that he needs. Do we need anything?、Uh, yes. 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 We need lots of stuff. Remember, we need water, food, clothes, sunshine, electricity. We need so many things, but God doesn't need anything, and that makes God different. And we call that the aseity of God. And we also learned that God is eminent. That God came near. Right. And isn't that strange? Even though he doesn't need anything, that he came near to us, even though we were sinners, and he would come close to us, and even send Jesus to live among us, to live a life we couldn't live, and to die the death that we deserve. And then in our third class, you remember that we learned that God is great, and God is good. good. And we said that there are some things that make God great. That there's nothing. Uh, that we have that are like him, and there were three things that we learned that made God great. They weren't the only things, but there were three things. Do you remember what we learned? First, that God is eternal, right? Does God have a Does God have a birthday? No. 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 Why doesn't God have a birthday? Because He's always there, right? He's self-existent. He's eternal. Do you and I have birthdays? Yes. Are we eternal? No. Can we ever be eternal? No. No, yeah. So, so God is eternal. We also learn that God is holy, right? God is set apart. There's nothing like God, and anything that comes close to God also becomes holy. And then finally, we also learned what was the third thing that we learned about God? He is immutable. He doesn't change, right? We change, but 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 God doesn't change. But we also learned that God is good. Right, that there are things about God that's good that we can try to imitate. That God is wise, that God is powerful, and that God is good. Yes, Lydia. What? Yes, that He is infinitely wise. All right, Silas, are you ready to sit still and listen? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Okay, dear God, we thank you so much that we get to come together and to learn more about you in the Bible. And I pray that 
you will help us to understand more about you, especially with this mystery that you are one, but you are also three. So we help ask that you will help us to understand this precious truth in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, in today's class and in our next class, we're going to learn about the Trinity. And what is the, have you guys heard of the word Trinity? Oh, you learned the, the country Trinidad. <laughs> what about the word Trinity, Silas? Have you heard of the word Trinity? Yeah. What, what does the word Trinity mean? Do you know? Three. It has one. something to do with three, right? Three in one. Three in one. So today we're going to start to talk about the concept of the Trinity. And you know, it's probably one of the most difficult things for us as human beings to learn and understand about God. But we're going to learn that God is one in essence, and he is three in person. So I asked you guys to write down a few things about yourself, things about you that are true that might change, and things about you that you think will not change. All right, I need a volunteer. So Matthew, what are some things that you wrote down about yourself that are true, but you think might change? You don't like chocolate right now. Oh, but you think maybe when you grow up, you might like chocolate? Maybe. That's the same thing that happened to my dad. So. Oh, that's the same thing I hear. Okay, so that's one, that's one thing that, that, that's true that might change. Anything else? I like vanilla. You like <gasps> vanilla. Yeah, vanilla's good. Uh, but you think maybe when you grow up, you might not like vanilla as much? Yeah, and maybe you'll like chocolate? <laughs> All right, anything else? Oh, right. But right now, your favorite ice cream flavor is strawberry. All right. Did you come up with anything that's true about yourself, though, Matthew, that you think may not change? What did you come up with? I like sports. You like sports and you think for the rest of your life, for the rest of time, you will always like sports. Okay. That's interesting. Even when you're 96? Yeah. Even when you're 96. All right. Is there anything else on your list? You have to wear glasses. Uh, Why do you need to wear glasses? Because your eyes are bad. Because your eyes are bad. And you think you will always need to wear glasses for the rest of your life? Oh, yeah. Wait, but you're not wearing glasses right now. <laughs> I don't do that. Huh? What do you mean uh, you don't do it? glasses are not ready yet. Oh, they're not ready yet. But you're going to get glasses soon. Uh-huh. And once you get those glasses, you'll need those glasses. Okay. Anything else on your list, Matthew? I'm skinny. You are skinny. Yeah. Wait, wait. You think for the rest of your life you're going to be skinny? Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll see about that. All right. How about one more person? Titus. Can you? All right. Did you think of some things about yourself that are true but might change? Yeah. What are they? I like blue. You like blue, but that might change? Yeah, that might change. Okay. I hate cheeseburgers. You hate cheeseburgers, but you think that could change? And I like and I like every flavor of ice cream I've tried except pistachio. And you like every flavor of ice cream except pistachio. But that might change. You might yeah. get a new flavor that you tried that you never tried before and you might hate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now here's the harder question. Were you able to think of anything about yourself that's true that may not change? Yeah. What, what did you come up with? I like coding. You like coding. Like computer 
coding and program. Yeah. You think you'll always like it for the rest of your life? Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Anything else? My name is Titus. Oh, your name is Titus? And your you don't think your name will ever change? Yeah. All right. And <laughs> anything else? And you were born on your birthday. And for the rest of your life, you can always say I, you were born on your birthday. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, you know, um, back in the olden days, more than 2,000 years ago, there were Greek philosophers. Do you know what a philosopher is? Someone who they think is wise. Well, yeah, they, they like to think and they like wisdom, right? More than 2,000 years ago. More than 2,000 years ago, there were these Greek philosophers, and they were thinking that when you look in the world, there are, everything in the world, there are things that are always changing, right? If you go to look at a river today, and you go back to the river tomorrow, will it be exactly the same? Definitely not, right? The next day, the waters will just be a little bit different, maybe almost the same, but just a little bit different, right? Or if I see you guys in class in two weeks, will you be exactly the same as you were today? No. No. So these Greek philosophers say that when we look in the world, we see that there are things that are constantly changing, but there must be something in the world that doesn't change that is always the same. And they used a Greek word to describe this, and they call, they used a Greek word, ousios, ousios. And in the English language, the closest word we have to this concept of ousios is the word essence. Can you guys say the word essence? Essence. essence. And so, what we want to talk about first in the Trinity is there's two parts to the Trinity. The first part is that God is one in essence. He is one in essence, meaning that there is only one God and everything that makes God God that doesn't change. There's only one and there's only one God. God is the only one God in essence. If you guys have your... Uh, Bible verse sheets. Can you turn it over? Turn it over to your Bible verse sheets, and we're going to read a couple of verses. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Silas, can you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 for us? It's right there at the top. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when you read Genesis 1, 1, how many gods are there? Did it say in the beginning there were three gods that made the heavens and the earth? No. No, there's one and only one God, and this one God made everything, and he just spoke, right? He just said, let there be light, and there was light, and he is the one and only creator God. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Timothy, can you read that for us? Israel, listen to me. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one and will be God. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, one of the most important verses in the Old Testament, Moses says, hey, Israel, listen to me. 
The Lord is our God. And what is what does he say next? The Lord is the one and only God. How many gods are there? One. In, in 1 Kings chapter 8, the Bible says, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that Yahweh is God. There is no one else. So the Bible is very clear. How many gods are there? One. One. There's one more important verse I want you guys to read about this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Lydia, can you read the verse for us? You shall have no other gods before me. Does that sound familiar? Which commandment is that? You shall have no other gods before me. I think it's the first one. Is it the fourth, fifth, third, second? No, it's the First, first commandment. And the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. Does that mean that we can have many gods, but we just can't have a God that's ahead of God? No. You sure? Sure. <laughs> You're exactly right. When the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me, before me doesn't necessarily mean ahead of me. It's like, But it refers to, you shall have no other God in the presence of God. And God, in a sense, is everywhere, right? Is there any place in the universe where God is not there? No. So if God is everywhere, and God, for his first command, says to us, we can't have any other gods before God, and God is everywhere, can there be a God anywhere in this universe? No. No. There is only one God, right? And so so God is one, and he is one in essence. All right, I want you guys to look up and I want you to take 30 seconds to think of your favorite superhero. I don't have a favorite superhero. If you don't have a favorite superhero, think think of one superhero. So I'll give you 15 seconds. Think of one superhero or at least that you know, all right? That you think you kind of like. All right. All right. Uh, all right, Silas, who's a su- superhero that you like that comes to your mind? God. Well, uh, I'm talking about like a fictional uh, superhero. So, yeah. yes, God is our hero. But how about a fictional superhero? Titus. Tremendous Titus. <laughs> oh, no. All right. How about a superhero that's at least somewhat famous? Did you, did you think of one? Who? Doctor. Oh, like a doctor? Like a, someone who takes care of someone? Yeah. All right. I guess they are heroes. But what about Wonder like... Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these superheroes like Superman or Batman or Spider-Man oh or... Yes, is there... Super Steven. Super Steven? <laughs> Don't be silly. All right. So if you, for superheroes like Superman and Spider-Man, um, do you know there's usually a person who becomes that superhero, right? Yeah. And do people know who that person nah. becomes a superhero usually? Nah. It's usually their secret identity, right? Mm-hmm. So a, a common superhero that I remember is Superman, right? Uh-huh. And Superman, he wants to live a normal life sometimes. And so... He has a name called Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yep, that's his name. His name is Clark Kent. 
And so he has a regular job, he has a family, but when there's trouble, what does Clark Kent do? He goes to the bathroom or someplace secret. He changes his clothes and he becomes Superman, Superman, Superman. Is that the way God works? No. No, God is different. So even though God, we say that God is one in essence, we also say that God is three in persons. But I want to tell you three, uh, two things that this does not mean. All right. The first that this does not mean is that God is not like a superhero. All right. It's not like God in the beginning was God the Father, and then He decides I'm going to change my clothes and I'm going to become God the Son, and then I'm going to change my clothes again and I become God the Holy Spirit. All right. He doesn't change modes like that. That's not what we mean by the the Trinity or that God is three persons. And second, it doesn't mean that God is three different gods. Does anyone ever think that God is three gods? No. 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 That it's not that there are three different gods or that they get they can get into an argument or disagree. But God is three God is one God even though there are three persons that make up one God. And so we call this a paradox. It is not a contradiction, it is a paradox. Do you guys know what the difference is between a contradiction and a paradox? Nope. All right, so let me explain. A contradiction is when you say two things that for sure contradict. They are different. So, I can say I am 11 years old and I am 13 years old. That is a contradiction. Can I be 11 years old and 13 years old no. at the same time? No. No, I'm either 11 years old or, or I'm 13 years or old or something else or 47. But I can't be both. So that is a contradiction. The Trinity is not a contradiction. It is what we call a paradox. And a paradox refers to something that initially looks like it can't be true, but when you look at it closer, you can see it is true. So let me give you another statement. I am a father and I am a son. Can that be true? Yeah. Yes. Can I be a father and a son yeah. at the same time? Well, when you first think about it, you're like, oh, maybe that's not true. But when you look at it closer, it is true, right? You're the father to them. Yes. That's right. So I, God's given me the privilege to have children. I am a father and I am also a son a to a mother. And, a and yes, I'm also a brother <laughs> and, a, and, and, and a doctor. So when we say that God is one in essence, And three in persons, it is not a contradiction. It is what we call a paradox. All right? Let me read to you a couple of verses in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Is there something strange about what he just said? 
He doesn't say, let us make man in my image after my likeness. He says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. What's strange about that, Titus? Because God was the only one there before Adam and Eve. Yes, God was the only one there before Adam and Eve. But isn't it strange that he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness? Who was he talking to? Himself. He was talking to himself, and was he using the singular pronouns? The plural. He's using the plural pronouns. Us and all. Yeah, and remember, do you know, do you know what did you know what God said after Adam sinned? In Genesis chapter three, verse twenty-two, it says that the Lord God said, "Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil." So again. He uses the plural pronoun "us," or do you remember the town of the, the Tower of Babel? What happened in the Tower of Babel? Everyone in the world wanted to make a great big tower and structure to 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 make themselves look great in Babel. And what did God do? He made them speak different languages. Yeah, he made them speak different languages. And it says in Genesis chapter eleven, this is God talking again. He says, "Come, let us." Go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. When God was talking to Isaiah, do you guys know who Isaiah is? Yes. He was a prophet in the Old Testament. Yeah. So Isaiah got caught up into heaven, and he sees God. And what does God say to、uh, when when I when Isaiah was up in the throne room? It says in Isaiah chapter six verse eight. Then. I, this is Isaiah talking. I heard the voice of God, the Lord, saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Not who will go for me, but who will go for us?" All right, you guys have a couple more Bible verses on your sheet. So if you can turn back to your Bible verses, Matthew chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. Can someone read that for us? Matthew, <laughs> Lydia, why don't you read loud and clear Matthew chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen? As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. Jesus saw the Spirit of God coming down on him like a dove. A voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, and I love him." I am very pleased with him. All right. Do you guys know when this happened? This is when Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, and here is one of the first times we see the three persons of the Trinity. Do you guys see all three of them? Yes. All right. Look at the verse. Who's the first? Who's the first person of the Trinity that you see? The Son. The Son. The Son. And what? What's the description of the Son? Who's the Son? Jesus and can we can can the people see Jesus? Yes, yes. He's in the form of what? A man. He's in the form of a man. So we see God the Son as Jesus in the form of a man. Is there a second person of the Trinity that we see? Spirit of God. Oh yes, we see the Spirit of God. Do we actually see the Spirit of God in this verse? Yes. No. Well, read carefully. So、yes, and and where does the dove come from? From a tree? Heaven. Heaven. Yes, 
there is a dove that comes down from heaven. So the God, the spirit comes down from heaven in the form of a dove. And where does, where does the dove go? To a tree? Jesus. He comes to Jesus, right? He comes to him as a dove. All right. There's also a third person of the Trinity. Can, can you see where? The voice. The voice. And who's the voice? God the Father. God the Father. And what does God, and, and where's the voice come from? Heaven. Heaven. And so we don't see God the Father. We just hear his voice. And what does he say? This is my son, and I love him. So, so if he has a son and he says, this is my son, what makes this person of the Trinity? The father. The father, right? So we see here in this verse, the description of three persons. We hear the voice of God, the father. We see Jesus acknowledged as God, the son. And we see a dove descending from heaven on Jesus as God, the spirit. All right, we have another verse Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Titus, can you read that for us? So you must go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. All right. So my first question to you, look at this verse carefully, Silas. Look at this verse carefully. How many names are in this verse? Three. Does it say that, uh, does, it, does it say in the names with an S, plural, or is it singular? How many names are there? Three, but it's singular. Yeah, it's three, but in singular. Look. Let's read it again. If you must go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the names. No, it's in one name. So there's one name, right? The word name is singular. It is not plural. There is only one God. And he is one in essence as indicated by his one name. So Titus, you said your name is Titus and it will always be Titus, right? All right. What's your brother's name? Timothy. Timothy? Uh Will you guys ever have the the same exact name? No. No, because you're two different different people, right? You have different names. Unless someone mixes up your names. But, But there is only one God, and he has just one name. But if you read on, you're exactly right, Silas. What does it say? It's in the name, but there's three parts of the name, right? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So God's name, God has one name, but it has three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, so look up. This is very strange, right? We know that is the Father God? Is the Son God? Yes. Is Holy Spirit God? Yes. But is the Father the Son? No. Is the Son the Spirit? No. Is the Holy Spirit the Father? No. No. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, but the Father is not the Son. Or the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Spirit. 
or the Father, and the Spirit is not the Father or the Son. But how many gods are there? There is still one God. Isn't that strange? Can we understand this completely? In fact, there is nothing in this created universe. There is no example, no analogy, no illustration that can perfectly or even adequately help us understand how God could be both one in essence and yet three persons. But this is what the Bible teaches, that there is one God, Father is fully God, Son is fully God, Spirit is fully God, but they are not three gods, three persons, and each of whom express fully that one God. All right, there's one final thing I want us to read together, and I'm going to have Timothy, uh, you can read this, and this is an excerpt from what's called the Athanasian Creed. There's a man named Athanasius. And so around his time, he and a few others came up with an explanation as best as they could with words to explain the Trinity. So Timothy, can you read out loud the whole excerpt of this Athanasian Creed? We worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, and the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet they are not three eternal, but one eternal. And also there is... Are, there are not three uncreated nor three incomprehensible, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. So likewise, the Father is Almighty, the Son Almighty, and the Holy Spirit Almighty. And yet they are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet they are not three gods, but one God. What a great God we have, right? And even though it's hard for us to understand, we still want to understand because this is who our God is. Our God is a triune God. He is one in essence, three in persons. Let's end our class and let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that there is no way we can know all this about you from just looking at creation. We can't know this about you just by Uh, thinking about this or relying on our conscience, but we can only know about this through you speaking to us in your word. And God, even though it's so hard for us as children and even as adults to understand, help us to know that you are such a great God. You are one and only one God. And yet somehow there are three parts of you that are one and yet are different And that is how you work within yourself. And that is how you relate to us as your creation. Help all of us to not just think of this as something as just to understand in our minds, but something that will help us to even draw to you in deeper worship. That when we sing songs to you, when we pray to you, 
this will help us even more appreciate what a great God you are. Thank you for giving us this time in Jesus' name. Amen.